This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me is promoter, matchmaker, manager, Al Siesta. Of course, you had a busy last year with Cold Wars, and we'll talk about your plans this year, Al. But firstly, just want to get your thoughts uh, on a couple of fights uh, coming up this year. We'll start with your countryman, Alexander Povetkin, via Dylan White, the rematch. What are your thoughts heading into this rematch, Al? Brother, apology. Very nice to see you. Thank you for having me. Very quickly, I just want to let you know, I just had to wet my hair because it's absolutely out of control. I'm telling you, it's just that it's beyond Albert Einstein, Michael McDonald, and you name other gray haired people. It's just like, like that. So like a lion's hair. So it looks a bit weird. So I'm apologizing because I get loads of stick for my hair, obviously from boxing fans or whoever doesn't know me, they're saying, who is this guy? Look at that bunny. That's what I get. So apologies. Anyway, nice to see you. Right, you ask me what do I think about Pavetkin and um, Dillian White too, correct? I think this time, I'm still, by the way, on the idea that Pavetkin will stop him again. Regardless that he had very heavy COVID, he, it was severe COVID, brother. It was beyond just going to hospital and having a bit of oxygen. It was serious COVID. He was there for almost a month. And uh, he lost so much weight, so he came out at the cruiserweight limit. What? Yeah. He was at the cruiserweight limit when he came out. It was the thinnest Pavetkin ever, anybody ever remembers him. And he's 41. How much weight did he lose, Al? Do you know? Seven, 17 kilos, apparently. You know, so then he got back to normal kind of pretty much kind of tried to do little physio and all that stuff it took a long time but he is a warrior he said under no circumstances will i pull out of this fight because not only about why but people, you know he's a very proud man he said i don't want people thinking that pulling out of it and i had a freak upset like absolute fluke, and now I don't want don't don't want to give him a rematch. No, under no circumstances. So he's back in the camp. He's back to his normal weight, pretty much. Really fresh, as quick, as powerful. Last time I spoke to them, it was last week, and uh, he's getting ready. And he will come, and he give his own to Dillian White, and he will be much more confident because he knows what to expect. You see, so I still fancy him but on the merits that he had COVID and Dillian had big arrest. As much, as much he talks and saying he was ready to fight straight away, he wasn't ready to fight. He's kind of, his this was ready to fight, but his body wasn't, if you know what I mean. And that would have been a devastated, uh, devast another devastating knockout. So I think it's closer, but I fancy Pavetkin stoppage. So how long has... Uh... Alexander Povetkin been at full health for? Do you know? What? How long has he been staying in the hospital? Since he, since he come out of hospital, how long has he been at full health for? Uh, you should check on the Instagram, him and his promoter, Andre Rybinski, saying, nice to have you back. I'd say four weeks, five weeks. And it was serious. I mean, this COVID is a lottery. I just spoke to someone yesterday and they said, oh, I swear... If that's going to happen to me for the second time, I will not be able to handle it. That's what he said to me. It was so heavy. And I know people in their late 40s or 40s and 50s, they said one thing, I had a bit of a runny nose. 
a bit of a weakness. Next thing I've got shit loads of um, antibodies. So some people don't notice it at all. And some people on a deathbed. So that's an absolute lottery. Right. Anyway, Pavetkins was heavy. Mm, yeah. I'll just switch, I'm going to switch the phone off because otherwise we will not be able to have a civilized conversation. Trust me. That. Right. Okay. Go. I think that goes for anyone who works in boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, you obviously believe that Povetkin wins that rematch, but because of his COVID situation and Dylan's had more time to, to rest and train since that knockout loss, yeah. you believe this is a more even fight in your opinion? Yeah, much more even fight. Although you see the situation is that knockout definitely would have had an effect on Dillian's psyche. He remembers that. He, he, he wasn't in control. You know, Dillian, a bit of a control freak. We all know that. He likes to control his career. He likes to be in control of the situation. He's his own man. He's very vocal. When you sparked out and you open your eyes and next thing you see ref above you and doctors, paramedics, and you weren't in control that two, three minutes, that has a devastating, that really humbles you. That has an, a massive effect on you. So Dillian would remember that. And as much as he is fired up right now, unless he had neurolinguistical programming and psychologists talking to him, the minute he will step through the ropes, that will be as, up on the screen in front of him, that situation. So the hesitation will be there. People say he's going to go all the guns blazing. He will go all guns blazing. He's going to get knocked out again. So he has to be, he has to come up with something, something really special in order to outdo Pavetkin there. So that's another incredible pay-per-view fight. And I can't wait to see it. You know? to it. Another potential pay-per-view fight involving two heavyweights might be on the horizons. Uh, I think the WBR are very close to ordering Alexander Usyk v. Joe Joyce for the, the interim title. Your thoughts on this uh, potential matchup between Usyk and Joyce? I mean, my thoughts, it's a great fight. Is it fair? I don't think it's fair at all. I, as much as I love Joe Joyce, he's a gentle giant, very nice guy, very well brought up. And um, just a really, really nice guy, but... It's just I'm having messages coming on WhatsApp and some of them not good, but anyway, but any, no problem. <laughs> so it's that puts me off. But anyway, um, Joe hasn't deserved to be on the same stage or at the same position as Alexander Usyk. Alexander Usyk is a unified cruiserweight world champion. He has been there for a year and a half as a mandatory for the WBO. This guy proven that at heavyweight, he is a serious, serious force as well, despite what other people or casual fans saying, because they, they know fuck all about our sport anyway, not being disrespectful. I mean, they would comfortably put Carl Frampton against Anthony Joshua, believe me. Yeah? So some people, they, they got no understanding. But anyway, we forgive them. So Joe Joyce is obviously number two in this circumstance. But now he's got equal chance to Usyk to compete for the place and the slot for the unified championship of the world. And I don't think it's fair at all. Um, I also think that say Josh, guys, I'm voicing my opinion. Forgive me, please. I know you hate when I criticize Anthony Joshua and I don't give him credit. I love Anthony Joshua. He's a, he's a great athlete. I just think that at the very top, 
with these dogs of war as Tyson Fury and Alexander Yusik or Michael Hunter or Philip Hergovich with his absolute dogs, ruthless people, I think his psychological state is inferior. These guys are ma they're more superior in here and in here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Technically, they were there or thereabouts. It could go, I mean, say, Joshua Michael Hunter is a very dangerous fight. Do you agree? Very dangerous. But Hunter got so much in here and George got too many demons to control, too many things to fight. And you can see that vulnerability. When Joshua smells your blood, it's all over. He's like a predator. He's like Tyrannosaurus. But as soon as not going according to his plan or not going his way, he seems to be falling apart like a cart house. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think Yusik is too strong for him mentally. And I think if, say, Joshua, freak of nature, beats Tyson Fury, he vacates WBO. He is not, he is not fighting Usyk under no circumstances, win, lose, or draw. That's how I know he never had intention in fighting Usyk for the WBO belt. Do you understand? That's how I know. I can guarantee all he wants now is Tyson Fury fight because it's another breed. He can relate to him psychologically. He comes from the same culture. He was born in the United Kingdom. He kind of knows approximately, despite that Tyson Fury is a gypsy king and his nationality is different, upbringing and culture is very different to uh, black culture and African culture of Anthony Joshua. They come from this country. They can relate to the psychology where Yusik comes from absolutely different place. So he's a, he's a machine. You have to kill that guy in order to beat him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Certainly. And um, because Tyson Fury is much of a pre-calculated and fantastic fighter, outstanding talent is absolute unicorn, I would call it. He's a unique, he's enigma. You never know what could be in this head during the fight. He, he could take 100 people on or suddenly make an absolute mess against, I don't know, who was uh, Otto Wallin. Do you understand what I'm saying? So... Joshua knows that, and it's funny, they're on a different spectrum of unreliability. And that makes this fight incredibly exciting, where Yusik is solid regardless, bad elbows, bad hands, one hand, injury, overweight, too skinny, exhausted, fresh. He's solid because he connects with thee and, and he's in the fighter zone. It does, he, can, he can handle it. Do you understand? So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So in, in Joyce is a different matter. I genuinely feel that Joe Joyce is a harder opponent than Anthony Joshua. For Usyk. Yeah, for Usyk. Because Joyce being there in the ring with him, he knows what to expect. It, literally, they fought each other. So he knows what to expect. He, he probably thinks like, okay, I'm a juggernaut. I've got incredible engine. I can wear him off in the later rounds. But he must remember, Yusik is the kind of athlete he will be performing incredibly and raising the tempo as further along he goes. You've seen it with Chisora. Round seven, eight, and nine, this suddenly the crisis for Derek started to creep in. Do you remember? So that is a fantastic fight. Is it fair? No. Do I think that Anthony Joshua should have honored the fight against Usyk for the WBO and go a proper 
undisputed way by beating the best of the WBO currently, and then fight Tyson Fury, yes. Am I making sense financially in terms of boxing business? Absolutely no. Is Joshua Fury correct fight right now? Oh yeah, if I would have had that situation, I would grab on with both hands. Absolutely. We understand, we're in this game. We are victims, man. We are victims. We, we are drug addicts of this game. This is our heroin, this boxing. So we know all about qualities of this poison. We do. Yeah, I think in this situation, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua and their teams win. Obviously, Joe Joyce wins here because he's getting a, a shot at the interim title. But if you're Alex Krasix and uh, Igis and Alexander, you were, you were being offered a potential pot of money a lot to step aside or you fight Joshua for the world title but now you're not getting that money and you're going to have to fight the juggernaut to get to Joshua Fury it's not making sense really absolutely it's an unbelievable hard done by Stitch Up 100% I speak to Alex Prasuk every day yeah and he's devastated because we all know look people are different correct people will pursue what best for them but there's an element of honor. And Alex Krasuk and Alexander Yusik, in my opinion, two, one of the most honorable people in this game. If he had said to you, Umar, I'll give you this and tomorrow I'll be there. You know what? You're going to be there. He'll be there and he's going to give you this. That's what it is. So actions speak much louder than words. We do know all that. And Alex Krasuk, I warned him before. I told him, bro, I'm telling you, I'm, I know this British. I said to him, listen, you, you, you'll be taken for a ride. He goes, no way, mate. I, we agreed and blah, blah, blah. He said, Alex, very intelligent, but he wants to believe that people have honor. I, I said, listen, they're going to do what's best for them. So you better be ready. You need to make sure that Paco is solid. You need to make sure that Paco is solid. You're talking Latin America. You're talking places where they sell organs. You need to make sure that they are solid. Do you understand? Sorry, guys, Latin America, hermanos, I love you all. They sell organs in Albania and Russia, by the way, as well. So we're all on the path. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, do you understand what I'm saying, Uma? Hard done by heavily. I mean, I reckon the split should be like 70-30, at least... What, what WBO can do, they could apologize to Yusik and say, listen, it's really hard to be wearing our shoes. We want to keep the world happy, give that fantastic fight, and we don't want to stitch you up. Let's go 70-30, purse bid or whatever. You get 70% of chunk. And Joe, who can't believe his luck is in this circumstance, he can get his fairly modest 30%. There's no 60-40, there's no 50-50, in my opinion. It's out of question. So someone from Team uh, Fury is a Bob Arum or uh, um, Frank Warren. They have to make the effort and reach out with, with good intentions to offer something that is slight consolation of what's been happening. Because I know... Yeah, talk to me, sorry. No, one thing I'll say on that, Obviously, at this present time, Uzik is mandatory for the WBO site, which Anthony Joshua holds. So yeah. people say Frank and Bob, even though they're getting involved with that fight between yeah. Fury and Joshua, it's not really their issue. Is that fair? Absolutely. And, and somehow, somehow, 
Look, I'd like to believe that Eddie Hearn tried to raise the step-aside fee. I really do. And, and, and possibly, my gut instinct is telling me what I meditate sometimes of what's happening at the very top. And, and I do, I have these visions. I think possibly Eddie wanted to get some funds together, but others probably said, guys, forgive me, I'm just speculating. Why are you doing this? It's easier to speak to the WBO than pay all this money. This, this possibility of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't imagine that because Eddie has a great relationship with Krasuk and he loves and he loves Usyk. So I can imagine him saying, guys, we need to pay. And, and other people thinking he's a mug. All he needs to do is just go and get that interim title ordered. Do you know what I mean? So he probably tried to keep the word. And as you said, that's not the headache of Bob Arum or Frank Warren. So Eddie was a bit of a victim there. He had to deliver Krasuk and Usyk um, step aside. He had to make sure that Joshua is fighting Fury and he just had to secure the fight. So he's, in, in, what, what do you think? Between, between stuck in the middle, yeah? That's what it is. Mm. I reckon that's what it is. It's really hard situation to be. I mean, look, all they need to do, say, Alex, I know you've been ordered an interim. Here's a bit of something. Have it. Just, just, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? A goodwill gesture. Here's your money. And thank you for being fairly patient, not very vocal, and good luck to you with your interim fight. That's what I would do. That's what Krasuk would do. And I believe that's what Eddie Hearn will do. Well, as I said, it's a difficult situation for Alexander Usyk here. But one thing I will say, obviously, they won't uh, like this too much, I guess. But the, the fans win because you get Fury Joshua and you get Usyk Joyce. The business side is, is a different matter. It's a yeah. very bad situation for Alexander Usyk. But as fans, we do get two brilliant fights this year. Oh, fantastic. And don't forget, truly, and you will recognise that soon. People are going to say Siesta is mad as a hatter. Usyk, guys, remember this. Usyk or Usyk, let me speak. Alexander Usyk, let me pronounce it properly. I'm being speaking up bad British habits. Yeah. Alexander Usyk is God's disciple. That guy is a disciple. That guy is, is Saint Gabriel. That guy is tidy up angel. He's been sent to tidy shit up. I'm telling you. And because of his powers like this, I know how solid and clean he is. He's very clear, man. Clear-headed, clean soul, intentions, phenomenal. Religious, good with his family, great with his friends, and very loyal and solid. God, which I've, you know, I'm firmly believing God. Uma, you know me, yeah? We, I believe we're sharing certain interests and stuff. So all I want to say, Usyk being after, trust me, from above. And whoever fucks with his well-being psychologically and physically gets punished. Possibly we'll see it in our lifetime. I'm telling you, just trust me. Okay, I'm glad it won't be either of us, though. <laughs> no, no, but you, listen, listen, I, I'm just saying the karma, karma is a funny thing, you know? With the older I get, the more value of karma I understand and appreciate. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing some reckless things when I was younger, but that's the idea of your human soul evolution to learn when it's acceptable and when it's not acceptable. 
And I'm really happy to what I see within myself because now I understand things which I didn't understand five years ago. And, and it's, I'm a better person to deal with anyway. Move on from me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me ask you about your stable. Yeah. Let's start with Zach Chelly. What's the uh, plans for Zach this year? Zach Chelly is a fantastic fighter. Obviously, we know that the guy is a great talent. I get on with his father very well, and his father is a father figure. Funny enough, he's a figure of speech, and he's a father figure because he's his father. So Zach is a very solid Muslim kid, very religious. Ramadan, Ramadan is looming in April. So I am hoping to get Zach out for the um, um, regional title, one of those four, before April. Zach is in camp. He started his training. I believe within seven, eight weeks, he'll be ready to fight. Soon I will make some announcements. And um, yeah, Zach ready. And there's another fighter I signed, who you know fantastically well. Incredibly well, yeah. Fantastically well. And you're going to say, whoa, really? Yeah. And announcement is pending very, 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 very soon. What weight does he fight at? Can we get a clue? No, if I'll give you his stance and the weight, you will guess who that is. He's What's a southpaw. He's a southpaw. Yeah, that's it. It's not really narrow it down too much, though. There's a there's a yeah. ton of southpaws in this country. But um, okay. In terms of Zach Chelly, uh, Billy Joe Saunders' his man, Louis Edmondson, made yeah. some comments to me recently saying he really wants that fight with Zach Chelly. What do you think about that? Look, I tell you this. It's like, love me, but pay me. Do you understand that thing? Hold on, hold on. Decide what you want from me. Do you want me to pay you or you want me to love you? So Louis Edmondson calling him out. Is he ready to come and fight Zach Shelley on the neutral territory for the reasonable purse, not obscene purse? Because what people say... I will fuck him up if the money are right. It doesn't make sense. That sentence is actually wrong. Do you understand me? So I'll come and beat you up if you'll pay me. Well, how does that work? <laughs> Do you understand? If Louis Edmonton and Billy Joe Saunders, I know Billy very well. We respect each other. If they have an offer for Zach Shelley to come and fight on Eddie Hearn's show, we're there. If they can put title on the line, IBF or WBC or any of those, we're very happy. We'll take it. We're ready. We're right there. Do you understand? So that's it. If you want me to put fight out as a CS to boxing, and Zach is the part of the Al stable, if you want me to put the fight, tell me how much you want. Give me a call. Say, Al, are you able to make that fight? I call my contacts. I call my broadcaster. And I'm going to say, right, guys, my broadcaster is Russian, by the way. So I'm going to say, are we interested to see two Brits? And I want to see what that is. I mean, will UK television back me up? Will Channel 5 or Sky or BT interested in that fight? I mean, will Eddie Hearn be kind and going to say, Al, if you've got great card with your new British signings, um, Sky might buy that television rights from Minsk, Belarus or Moscow or Latvia. I doubt that. I doubt that. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. Fights are not hard to make. In fact, people who know me, I'm a bit of a notorious making fights. I'm, I, I've got great relationship with, with the fighters. I convince you, I'll tell you a million ways 
why you should take it. And I'll give you 2 million ways why you shouldn't. Yeah. So we know the business. It's all about changing. Where, when, what broadcaster and what is there and what, what, what is there life after that fight? That is the question. So I'm ready. And, and Billy, Billy, is, Billy is fun to work with. I'm ready. Anytime. In fact, I might call him tonight. Okay. Uh, last uh, couple of things, please. Al. Luther Clay, uh, obviously disappointing uh, to lose to Chris Congo last time out, but a really thrilling fight. And Luther's name uh, would have propelled, especially as it was a pay-per-view card. So, yeah, what's the plan for Luther Clay this year, Al? Luther Clay, you know, I'll be honest with you, uh, defeat to Chris Congo, he's done massive growing up afterwards. Incredible. He's a different man. Very polite, very respectful, grown up. Um, his parents made an investment in South Africa. And I do believe they're building a hotel in the land that they bought. I'm just airing that whole world now know it. I, I, I told <laughs> Luther, Luther lives in SA at the moment. He temporarily is living there, just helping his parents. He's training there. I hooked him up with a very reputable trainer uh, from SA. So He's clearing his mind. He's back to the Zululand where he come from. He's, he's only 25. I do believe he'll be back before the, before the summer because we had conversations. He's doing exercises. He's running crosses there. He uh, does boxing training. He's not sparring, but he's sticking over there. So anytime when I've got something for him, I let him know. I mean, but let me tell you this rematch with Chris Congo is still heavily on his mind. I just want to tell everyone because this guy is very stubborn. He will have to try it again. He will have to try it again. Well, we'll see what happens between uh, Chris Congo and Michael McKinson, which has just been announced. I know them very well. Mike McKinson picked up his title WBC International Seal once he has the boxing show. I put that fight up against Colin Lyons, by the way. It was on my show. I know Mike very well. I know Mike Ballingle, his father, very well. Uh, Lucas Ballingle, his brother, fought on Cold Wars, came just shot, fought against Aslan Magomedov, the Cold Wars sensation. He became Cold War sensation, beating an Armenian kid from America who fought on Showtime and just on RCC boxing promotions last weekend, knocked out their 7-0 seven, seven prospect, clean. So... Lucas Ballingham kept his own. So that family comes from boxing. they boxing through and through. McKinson, very slick, very intelligent, very crafty, knows his way around the ring. And he's not Luther Clay. He's not a Zulu warrior that will be marching forward. He's a bit of a much more... He's literally, they say, he's as awkward as Rangy Southpaw. There's a saying. That's what you get with McKinson. He's an awkward Rangy Southpaw. So I want to see if Chris Congo will be able to catch him. So very, very interesting fight. Fight for connoisseurs, not for everyone possibly, but I'm looking forward to it heavily. Yeah, same here. <coughs> we uh, end off talking about Cold Wars this year, Al. Just want to get your thoughts on reports that come out, I think last week about Sergei Kovalev failing a, a drugs test. What do you think about that? I said... When that fight got made, the fight never going to happen. I said it straight away. 
I had foreign broadcaster calling me and asking me if I can help with the with rights acquisition. I said, which fight? He goes, Kovalev against Milikuzev. I said, that fight ain't happening. He goes, why? What do you know? I said, I just know. Why do you think so, it won't happen? I just knew some stuff. And it's nothing to do with doping. Oh. Nothing to do with doping at all. And I do believe it's possibly a decoy. I just, it's crazy, but I just said that. And now, I mean, this from ordinary, oh yeah, fight didn't happen and blah, blah, blah. It's turned into a conspiracy. But honestly, listen to this. Do you know that Sergei Kovalev aired Canelo's fight live on his Instagram? Yes, I, I, I heard about that, yeah. Do you know that many people were very unhappy about that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Sergei Kovalev also had some sort of agreement with Golden Boy, I believe, when he fought Canelo? I do know about that, yeah. Do you know that United Kingdom went into the lockdown and it was massive visa problem with traveling anywhere because no visa consulates in England were open. At, at this thing, Dizon being unhappy about him airing that life on Instagram. Golden Boy not particularly keen probably now on the fight and also couldn't get the visas to come to Russia. Plus the zone, if they wanted to get the visas, they probably wouldn't get the visas. The fight's supposed to take place in the same city on the same date as Arthur Biterbiev in Moscow on the 30th. Everything is wrong about that fight. Everything is wrong. And the minute I heard that it might be going to Milan, I thought it's over before it's even started. I'll be honest with you, I kind of predicted that Bitobia fight won't take place as well. But that I don't want to upset anyone because look, my I am one of the better informed people in our game, and you know it. Yeah. I've got ears and eyes everywhere. But the thing is, here you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that it ain't going nowhere. You know? So that's 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 the situation. Well, what's the situation with your show before we close off, Al? Right. I'm talking to broadcasters, foreign broadcasters. I had few orders for 2021 season from abroad. I had an American broadcaster made me an offer for 21 season. I am flirting with one of the British broadcasters. They really like the concept. And I said to them, if Brits will give me a chance, I will up my game incredibly. You'll see one of the greatest mid-level matchups. You'll be so happy because the only chance I have is put evenly matched fights. I don't have anything going for me. No finance, no British broadcaster. So I have to perform 110% if I'll get that chance. And that's what I'm intending to deliver if British broadcaster make an investment into Siesta Boxing Outfit. You'll be buzzing, you'll be happy, man, trust me. Because I had to overcome during pandemics when I've been doing Cold Wars, so many difficulties as well. It went straight, relatively straightforward, but I still used to get very short notice for the dates, for things like that. I never had my schedule like, oh, this month, that, that, blah, blah, blah. That's your old 2021 pretty much written off in terms of, you know, every date. No, never. It's like, how oh, uh, 6th of March is available. Do you want to do it? Mate, it's the 5th of March today. I'm only joking, but that's what I'm saying. So I have to deal with this. But Cold Wars are coming. 
beautiful seasons. I've signed more Brits. More Brits is coming. And it's beautiful, man. I'm really, really French, Germans, uh, Latin Americans, Canadian. I've got that will be. I am actually negotiating already a first three shows right now. So it's all good, man. I'll make soon announcements about my new signings and new dates for Cold Wars. Uh, I have serious plans for 2021. I feel great and buzzing. And, and I think at the moment and today, I'm on top of my experience and I can go to that journey now quite comfortably. I think in that labyrinth, in that maze of boxing, there's probably no corner and turn that I haven't been with my torch. I'll be really surprised if something could surprise me. I think I've been everywhere. So now I'm ready to take the steering wheel. Okay, well, on that note, Alice Esther, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon, all right? Thank you very much. Brother, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. God bless you.